Hello, my name is Daniel Lev Shkolnik, and this is Reenchantment, a podcast about finding meaning in a secular age. This episode is a little bit different than most. It's the first episode that I tried recording in front of a live audience. And by live audience, I mean a Zoom room full of people. I think it went pretty well. It was my first time. I was a little bit nervous. Uh, It was a single take, so, you know, what you hear, that's pretty much how it came out of my mouth. And I really liked the format because it allowed me to be fully present and do the whole session, do the whole episode in one one go. So I hope uh, you like it as well. I worked very hard preparing for it, and uh, I'm in a place where I'm working to build up my public speaking chops, because that is something that I am taking on as a very serious addition uh, to my career. I think it's a medium that will allow my message and ideas to travel much farther than just through a podcast or through my writings. I hope you enjoy this episode, and if you want to catch more talks, keep an eye on my email list and my Facebook page. There are going to be more talks like this in the near future. How do you want to make a difference in the world? We all know that the world that we are living in right now has plenty of problems. And many of us hope that somebody is going to come along and take responsibility for them. But the reality is we are the ones that have to take responsibility. And although we cannot take responsibility for the entire world and solve all of its problems, we can choose one thing that is really, truly important for us and to put all of our efforts into that endeavor. The author Mitch Horowitz observed that the lives of history's greatest heroes, people that truly made a difference in in the world, can oftentimes be distilled into a single simple sentence. Mahatma Gandhi wanted to liberate India from British colonial rule. Albert Einstein tried to understand the nature of space-time. Steve Jobs wanted to put portable computers in the hands of the world's most creative people. Focus is key. You can't change the whole world. But if you focus on a single cause, then you can change a lot more than you think. So right now, I want you to close your eyes if you're in a place where it's safe to do so. I want you to imagine that you are on top of a mountain. This is a very special mountain. Because on top of this mountain, you get to decide a single way in which you can change the world, a single difference that you want to make in the world that we live in. And as you're standing on this mountain, you look down and you see the people of the world start to gather at the base of this mountain. And they're looking up at you and they're wondering what you're going to do. 
what is that one thing that you know in the bottom of your heart is the most important thing that you can do to change this world. And in your mind, on top of this mountain, I want you to do it. Now, open your eyes. Every person in the world has just seen you make this impossible change. They know that you're the one they've been waiting for to make this difference. And now they expect you to bring that change into the world. And your problem is how do you do it? For the rest of this talk, I want to, I want to talk about seven different concepts for achieving seemingly impossible things. Now, this isn't an exhaustive list by any means, but I think it's a pretty good starting point. Uh, I've been reading a lot uh, of psychology around what makes success, what makes people who seemingly are regular, everyday people go above and beyond and achieve what seems impossible, both on an individual level, on a community level, on a national or a global level. And one of the people I've been reading in particular lately has been Jim Collins. And Jim is someone who has been, he's been researching for many years, what is it that makes great companies tick? What, does it mean, what is it that makes a great leader? And many of, the, many of the ideas and stories that I'm going to relate come from his work. One of those concepts that he talks about is something called the BHAG. A BHAG is a big, hairy, audacious goal. This is your impossible thing. This is that difference that you wanted to make on the mountaintop. It's big. It's audacious. It's hairy. You don't quite know how you're going to do it. But that's the point. And one of the most important parts about a BHAG is that you want, you need to want it. You need to have a real white hot desire to see this thing done. And if that desire is there, then the how to, you'll figure it out. But if you don't have that desire, and you'll always find a reason why not to do it. Jim Collins tells the story of Tommy Caldwell and the Dawn Wall. Tommy is one of the most accomplished free climbers of his generation. And one day he decided that he was going to take on a BHAG for himself to climb El Capitan and particularly its Dawn Wall. Now, for those of you who don't know uh, about El Capitan, it is this immense cliff. I believe it's, I think, in Yosemite, um, or somewhere out west. And it's a mile wide, and it's two and a half times the height of the Empire State Building. And there is one particular part of the, of the, the cliff called Don Wall, which is the flattest, sleekest part of the whole thing. And Tommy wanted to climb it. 
it would be the hardest free climb in history. And he wasn't even sure if he could do it. He thought that maybe this is a climb that has to be left for a future generation. But then he committed. And he took on this BHAG. And after four years of practicing and climbing, trying to make it up this wall, he accomplished, as Jim put it, an impressive record of failure on the Dawn Wall. And Jim Collins knew Tommy and, and he said, Tommy, you're, you're one of the best free climbers of your generation. And now all you're getting is failure on this wall. How do you keep going? And Tommy said, Jim, I'm not failing. I'm getting stronger. And that is the point of the climb. It's making me stronger. Over four years later, 2,801 days after Tommy had committed to his impossible goal, he stood on top of the Dawn Wall. And this brings me to concept number two. You need indomitable persistence. Winners never quit, they say, and quitters never win. And it sounds stupidly simple, but it's true. You fail when you stop. So never stop. If one thing doesn't work, try something else. If one path up the mountain doesn't work, try another. Persistence is not a guarantee that you will succeed. But without persistence, you are guaranteed to fail. Now, there's a subtlety to this. You want to make sure that the thing that you are being indomitably persistent at, that you are not quitting at, is something that you want to do for your whole life. In other words, that BHAG, that impossible goal, that difference that you want to make, it needs to align with your perpetual goal, which is your life purpose. And it's something that has to be inexhaustible. A climber's perpetual goal is to climb. He's never done climbing. A healer's perpetual goal is to heal. She's never done healing. Tommy had the goal to climb the Dawn Wall. When he finished climbing it, he didn't stop climbing. But that was a finite goal on his path to his perpetual goal. Yours might be to care for the hungry. That might be your perpetual goal. Your finite goal might be to create a nonprofit that feeds 4 million refugees. It sounds impossible. It's very difficult, but it has a finite finish line. My perpetual goal is to bring meaning into people's lives. And I'll never finish doing that. There's no end point to that. But a finite goal of mine is to create a coaching business become a great speaker and help thousands of people find vitality in their lives. Your impossible goal, your BHAG should have a finish line, but it should also be in service of your perpetual goal. The thing that you want to be doing for the rest of your life. Now, the third thing that I want to talk about today, the third concept is the need for expert help. 
Napoleon Hill uh, tells a story about a gold prospector and a junk man. Now, I'm not exactly sure what the gold prospector's perpetual aim was. Um, he just wanted to dig up a lot of gold from the ground and presumably be very rich uh, and maybe hopefully do something good with that, <laughs> that wealth. But regardless of what his perpetual goal is, his, his finite goal, his big impossible goal was to find a gold mine and extract as much gold from it as he could. So he found a little bit of gold in a stream and he bought all this equipment, took out all these loans, called every family member he knew, gathered the resources, started pulling gold from the ground. And everything was going fine until one day the gold ran out and anything he pulled out was just more dirt. He kept going, but still nothing. He couldn't find the vein again and he assumed the vein of gold had gone dry. He gave up and he sold all of his machinery to a junk man and he went home. But the junk man took another look at the mine and he called him a geologist. And the geologist said, well, the last guy didn't really have any idea about the fault lines around here. The place where you want to keep digging is about three feet away from where the other guy stopped. The junk man started up the machinery and lo and behold, the vein of gold continued. And he kept on extracting gold and gold on gold. The first moral of this story is persistence. That was our last concept. But the second is get expert help when you need it. Grandiosity is not having grand ambitions. Grandiosity is believing that you can achieve those ambitions entirely on your own. Find a mentor, humble yourself and, and learn from a teacher. Model those who have already succeeded and learn from them. Hire an expert and don't be afraid to pay for expertise because it will be well worth your while. Michael Jordan had a coach. He was one of the best basketball players in the world. Serena Williams, one of the best female tennis players in the world, has a coach. Tom Brady, same thing. These top players have coaches, not because their coaches are better players than they are, but because they can see their game from the side. They have years and years and years of expertise of watching skilled players and seeing their faults Get expertise from people who have it because experts can give you the ability to climb higher towards your peak than you can on your own. Which brings me to the fourth concept. Fall in love with the peak and not the path. Keep your highest goal fixed. That's the peak the top of the mountain that you want to get to. But if your path, the path that you think is going to get you there isn't working, then you have to change your path. If someone else has found a better path, a better way forward, then put aside your ego and learn from what they've done. Look at what actually works rather than sticking to your favorite solution or the thing that you think is going to work. 
organizations as well as individuals often get stuck in this notion of tradition that we do things you know this way because they've always been done this way in 2012 one organization decided to do something different they realized they had to do something different it's because in 2012 there was a vote in california to legalize gay marriage and the vote failed and people were in shock because california is a very liberal state and nobody nobody was expecting this they had no idea why this was happening why why this vote had, had failed and so one group of lgbt activists in los angeles they decided to go and actually talk to the people face to face that had voted against this bill and at first they were just canvassing the same way that you know you typically canvass as a as a political uh, activist and they found that it wasn't working it, they weren't getting through to people and so what they did is they went back to the the drawing board and they they wrote out dozens and dozens of different strategies that they wanted to try and they just started going they started going door to door and they started trying different strategies and then they would write down what happened what happened when you did this what happened when you did that one thing after another after another for months and nothing was working except for one thing the one thing that actually moved people was when they told a real personal story about somebody in their lives that had been affected by discrimination against LGBT people. They told stories about a child who they knew, whose family threw them out on the street because they were gay. And about a transgender person who ended their lives because of bullying and shame and isolation. They told the story of a man who fell in love with another man and was afraid that he'd spend the rest of his life unable to have the wedding that he dreamed of ever since he was a boy. They figured out this was the only thing that really reached people. That really changed their opinion about this legislation. Today, our favorite solution on all sides seems to be to condemn the people that we disagree with. But if you truly want to change someone's mind, then this research points to exactly the opposite. It says that we need to talk with them face to face to be genuine and vulnerable and real. And this also tells us that if your tactics aren't working, then put down tradition, put down your ego and find a better way. Now, this brings me to concept number five, which is persistence through habits. The canvassing researchers, they had persistence and they went day after day, week after week, door to door until they found something that worked. They were initially motivated, but it was the habit that they developed that truly got them to the solution in the end. Motivation is what gets you started, but a habit is what keeps you going. Jim Collins has this metaphor of the 20 mile march. 
Imagine you wanted to walk across America. It is a seemingly impossible goal, well, at least a very big and audacious one, and you and your friend want to go and do it. You start in California and you want to end up on the tip of Maine. Now, your friend loves positive thinking and he goes off and mind all ablaze with, with how he's going to get to the other side of America first. He goes off and he walks 40 miles that first day off into the distance and you don't see him. You, on the other hand, have listened to this talk and you want to try to put into practice some of the ideas. Uh, so instead of going 40 miles, you go 20 miles. You could go further, but you don't. You stop. Then the next day, you go another 20 miles and stop. You hit the Rocky Mountains. Things get harder, get steeper, colder, but you keep on going. 20 miles each day. You get to the desert on the other side, and it gets hot, and you just want to stay in the shade. You don't want to keep on going, but you've committed to your 20 miles. Then you get to the Midwest. Things flatten out. Things get easier. You could go further. You could go 50 miles, but you don't. You stay with your 20 miles. And by the time you get to the tip of Maine, you look around and you don't see your friend. And it's not because your friend got there before you. It's because your friend is still somewhere out in the Midwest. You see, when we run off and try and do 40, 50 miles in a day, the next day, we're exhausted. Then you get to the Rocky Mountains. This friend realizes that a snowstorm is coming in. The cold, it's brutal, it's blizzardy. He stays in his tent for three days to wait it out. Then finally gets to the desert and it's brutal, it's hot. He starts going five miles a day. Without that consistency, he ends up going far less, far short of a distance, for a longer time. It's the consistent and persistent habit that will get you to that far off destination. Not just positive thinking, but habit. Now, positive thinking isn't all bad. In fact, it's actually very important to have faith in yourself and to really believe, really have excitement around your goal and to believe and envision yourself succeeding. But that is not enough. And that brings me to concept number six, which is you need faith and facts, not just positive thinking. Jim Collins tells the story of Admiral Stockdale. Admiral Stockdale was the highest ranking prisoner of war during the Vietnam War. And he was in captivity for eight years. He was tortured eight different times and throughout the entire length of his stay, he didn't know he was, if he was ever going to survive or see his wife again or his country. And Jim Collins was talking with Stockdale once and he, he asked him, well, how did you do it? How did you make it through? And the Admiral said, well, you know, the pessimists there in the uh, prisoner of war camp with me, they all died. But so did the optimists. 
And Jim Collins says, well, how's that? Well, said Stockdale, the ones that thought that by Thanksgiving we'll be home. Well, Thanksgiving came around and they were still there. They said, okay, well, by Christmas, we're going to be there. We're going to be free. We're going to be back with our families. Christmas came and went. And they thought New Year's. New Year's is going to be the day. And eventually, they died of a broken heart. And Stockdale said the people that truly made it were the ones that had an unwavering faith that they would get out. They would come back home to their families and their country. That they would survive. But they also had an ability to face the brutal facts of their reality. They did not shy away from the fact that they were imprisoned and could be for many years after, facing trials, torture, starvation, dehydration. They needed both the unwavering faith they would succeed and a confrontation of reality. I want to come back to the story that I started about the Dawn Wall, because I didn't tell you something about that story. As Jim Collin tells it, the fact that Tommy reached the top wasn't the most amazing part. Because when he was a thousand feet from the summit of the Dawn Wall, he could have pushed the top. He could have done it in one final push. And the thing that he'd been working for for eight years, he'd be able to grab it. But there was a problem. Tommy's partner, Kevin Jorgensen, was stuck down below. He was halfway up the cliff. And time was of the essence. Because if a snowstorm snow rolled through any day, then it could jeopardize the entire climb. Ice would form on the top of the, the cliff and then would start to fall down the sides like guillotines. So Tommy had a choice. Should he push to the top? grab the BHAG, achieve his goal? Or should he do what he, what he ended up doing, which is going back down to his partner and coaching him, belaying him, going up, up, up together and summiting the Dawn Wall as a team? This brings me to my last point. Don't succeed alone. If you succeed alone, then you might not have the happiness that you think you will at the end. The top is a lonely place if you arrive there on your own. If instead you succeed with or for the sake of other people, that is going to give you a much deeper sense of meaning that will last for your entire life. Jim Collins asks, how can you succeed by helping others succeed? Before we go off and try one of those BHAGs, one of those audacious, impossible goals, ask yourself, why are you doing it? Who is this for? When you're on the mountaintop and you're looking out at the people below gathered at the base, think of them. Put your ambition and audacious ideas in service of others and make your goal something that is truly great. Take these seven principles and apply them. Learn others as you go. Go out, 
do the impossible because the world needs it. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to catch more talks like this live, subscribe to my email list and keep an eye on your inbox. I usually send out a link and news about an upcoming talk um, about a week before the talk happens. It's going to be usually on Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern. And if you want more help, if you want to figure out what your purpose in life is, what your BHAG might be, how to accomplish these impossible goals that you feel you are capable of achieving, then consider working with me one-on-one. I do private coaching, and it brings great joy to my heart whenever I work with a client uh, and help them achieve a breakthrough or a goal that they thought was impossible. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please share the episode with anybody that you feel might need a little bit of inspiration. Share it on Facebook, social media, email it to your family and friends. They will thank you for it, and so will I. Again, I really hope you enjoyed this talk, and I'll see you next time on Reenchantment. Thank you.